Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080. Believe it or not, Jay Siegel of the Tokens can still hit those high notes. It impresses me, and it will impress you if you don't believe me. Go check him out at Mohegan Sun next Sunday. He'll be there with Bowser's Rockin' Duop Party Volume 21 happening at the Mohegan Sun Arena, 3 in the afternoon next Sunday, January 15th, 2023. It's going to be so much fun. I'm saying that as a music lover. I'm saying that as a conversation lover because my conversation today coming up with Bowser, he's my guest, is just going to be awesome. I'm so excited. I I hate to just throw out the word awesome, but I don't know what else to say because I've met Bowser. um, I've gone to five or six of his shows. I've met him after each of those shows. I've got pictures with him. I have his autograph on my wall, framed at home. But this is my first time getting a chance to chat with him, right? Chat with him about what it means to preserve this music for future generations. Because this isn't just music that my grandparents liked. It's not just music that my parents liked. It's music that I like. I met a new friend of mine uh, not too long ago, a few weeks ago. He's a few years younger than me, even, and he likes these songs. So they're multi-generational. They're cultural. They're part of our American music roots and our American music history. And that's what makes me so excited about it because here we are talking about the history of great American music today on Spotlight Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham. Welcome to the program. You might be wondering, Morgan, how old are you? How old are you? Because I've said it before, I have no shame. I'm 26 and a half years old. 26 and a half years old. And I love these songs. I really honestly do. And, um, and, uh, and I wonder why, and I think that part of the reason why is because when I was a kid, my parents used to put me to sleep at night by playing a cassette tape nice and low in the background. It would lull me to sleep, playing a cassette tape in the background. It would help to lull me to sleep. And, uh, and they were usually songs that my parents liked. Uh, so we're talking about a lot of 60s hits, a lot of 70s hits, um, and, and acts like that. And so I got so immersed into this from such a young age. I love it still to this day. So I can't wait to chat with Bowser about his show coming up next weekend at Mohegan Sun. Also, I want to talk with him a little bit about his time on TV. Sha-na-na, of course. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. This is WTIC in Hartford. Hi, I'm Charlie in Farmington, and I'm listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Folks, I can't believe who's on Spotlight Connecticut with me today. You know him best as Bowser. His real name is John Bauman, but we're not going to call him that on the show today. And he's going to be in town next Sunday. Bowser's Rockin' Doo-Wop Party, Volume 21, January 15th, 2023, at 3 in the afternoon at Mohegan Sun. Wow. Bowser, welcome to the program. Grease for peace. Grease for peace. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. Happy to have you. 21 of these shows. Wow. 21. Hard to believe. And uh, now I'll stop talking like Bowser. But yes, it is volume 21. It's actually in the 22nd year. Um, but we skipped one year because of uh, it was at the height of the COVID pandemic. Well, we don't want to remember that. No. So we've moved on from that. Last year we did, uh, we did the 20th anniversary, which was fantastic. Uh, you know, and this year we're continuing on. We're going for 25 at least. You know, let's let's see how far we can get with some of this great roots music of all of rock and roll well that's just it it's roots music and all of these years decades you have had contact with some of the finest people who were performing in the 50s and the 60s 
the real deal, the real acts singing the hits that made them popular and made that genre and music so popular. How have you made all of these connections over the years? How have you maintained them enough where every year people are going on tour with you? Small community. Uh, you know, the people who made these wonderful records in the 50s and the 60s. And one thing I can still assure you is that uh, when you come to Mohegan Sun, you're always going to see somebody from the original group or the group that made, uh, you know, the hit records on the stage. So uh, we were able to do it once again this year with, I think, a fantastic lineup. You know, I did open it up. It had been a doo-wop show pretty exclusively for a long time. And, you know, because we were losing artists, you know, a lot of people were retiring or passing on. You know, I did make it a, a rock and doo-wop show a few years back so that we can combine both the rock and roll element and the doo-wop element. And this year, for the first time ever, Chubby Checker is going to be the headliner. So it is a real rock and roll element for you. But we got uh, plenty of acts on here for, for those who love that style, including the Clovers, who wouldn't even de- describe themselves as a doo-wop act. Um, you know, they're, they're like an R&B act pre-doo-wop. Um, Harold Winley's 89 years old, and he's coming. They had three monster hits, uh, Blue Velvet, The Original Devil or Angel, and The Original Love Potion Number 9. It's really going to be an extraordinary show, I think. It, it always is. So far, there hasn't been one that has not been memorable. I remember seeing Jay Siegel and the Tokens a number of years ago. They're going to be back again this yeah. time around, uh, and they still hit those high notes. It's amazing. Yeah, there's something wrong there. Um, and Jay is one of my closest friends, and I keep asking him, how can you do this song still in the original key of F that <laughs> you sang the record? And if I close my eyes, you still sound exactly like the record. He does. So he just has lived a very, a very uh, healthy life, and miraculously, he, you know, maybe it's Love Potion Number Nine. I don't know, but <laughs> uh, miraculously, he is going to sing "The Lion Sleeps Tonight" in the original key of F, and it's going to sound exactly like the record. And he's somewhere in his low eighties now. The first time I heard him do that, which was part of one of your rock and doo-wop shows, you know, he made this big deal about it's in the key of F, the original key, and he took a deep breath, and the yeah, band started, and he went for it. And, and Bowser, it really did sound like you broke out the 45 from 1961. Right. He does that in every show, and it's just, it really is just a joke. I mean, the, bo- the bottom line is, that's just a joke. He always sings it exactly the same in the key of F. I don't know if I've seen Chris Montez yet at one of your shows, but he's going to be there next Sunday, too. Yes. Well, let's go over the full lineup. Let's do it. The lineup is Bowser's Rock and Do-Up Party, Volume 21, starring Chubby Checker and the Wildcats, Jay Siegel's Tokens, Chris Montez, who's going to be there for the very first time, by the way, also like the Clovers, Lala Brooks, original lead singer of the Crystals, the Clovers, the Dubs. Now, Johnny Farina of Santo and Johnny is listed. But he's actually not going to be able to make it uh, because his wife is tremendously ill. Oh, no. So I actually have a replacement, which I think will interest you specifically, Morgan, because I know you're a younger person. Yes, I am. Um, Kid Kyle, who has been, you know, he first did this show at Mohegan Sun Arena, I think, when he was nine. And he's in his 20s. Kyle is going to pinch hit for Johnny Farina, and he's just fantastic. Then uh, 
me and my group, Hazard the Stingrays, and my pal, Johnny Contardo, formerly of Shanana, will be there, of course. Rocky and the Rollers will be our splendid backup band, as usual. And then our special guest, who's been there a couple of times, but it's just extraordinary, is New York City 9-11 firefighter Frank Pizarro, who was a former lead singer of The Platters, and the guy who heard read of The Platters said to me personally was, this is the person that has sounded the most like Tony Williams of anybody that I've ever known since Tony Williams, you know, who sang all the hits. So Frank just crushes these songs. And, uh, you know, it's an extra added bonus that he's a firefighter who was at 9-11, you know, and had some physical, you know, pangs from 9-11, but sings like Tony Williams. So it's a tremendous lineup. Let's just start with Chubby Checker. You said that he's going to be the headliner, and he's going to have us twisting like we did again last summer, you know. And that's his first time, right? It's the first time in this show. You know, he's played the Wolf Den quite a bit at Mohegan. He's a, he's a regular at Mohegan. And I'm really glad that I've opened this show up now to be Bowser's rock and doo-wop party so that Chubby can headline the show. It's his first time on this big stage. Um, we're hoping we'll have the usual 7,200 and 50 people there for him. And again, don't miss it. This guy is just a bundle of energy. I've seen him in video. I have not seen him yet in person. I will next weekend, obviously. He's just got all this energy. You're going to love this. It's really just remarkable. Um, You know, and it's one of those, I don't know how he does it kinds of things. And then, so Chubby Checker, Jay Siegel's tokens, Chris Montez, who has never been there. I love his songs. There's Let's Dance, Call Me, The More I See You, and I don't know if he'll do all of those, but he is phenomenal. He's going to do all of them? Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's going to do about 15 minutes or or so. Plus, he does a a great turn on Richie Valens. People are going to love it. Bowser, do you call up these guys individually and say, hey, we're putting together this show? How do you guys go about picking who's going to be part of each time you go and perform at Mohegan? Yeah, I pretty much, you know, look and see what what was last year's show, who we had, um, who's been there, who hasn't been there. I always try to bring in people who haven't been there before, you know, which is obviously after 21 years, that becomes a little bit harder. But, you know, somehow Chris Montez and the Clovers have never been there before. And then, yeah, I do call them up on the phone. Um, or call their managers if they still have them, you know, and everybody's excited to come to Mohegan. It's, it's a really hospitable place. Um, you know, the arena's beautiful. Every seat's a good seat. Uh, there's just nothing not to like about this show. The show starts at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so it's over by, you know, 6 or so, 6.15, and you can go to dinner, and you can enjoy the casino, or you can go home if you want. You know, it's it's and and the next day is a is a holiday, so for people in the audience who are still working, you know that matters um, because it's Martin Luther King Day weekend. Last year we we had to postpone for a month, but that worked out well too because it was President's weekend, and we had the same setup three o'clock on the Sunday. I've got to say, every time you perform at Mohegan Sun, you guys fill up that auditorium. And one thing that I should mention is that it's all ages. I see kids, I see teens, I see people my age. I'm 26, so in their 20s or 30s. And, of course, you've got the parents and the grandparents. It's really an all-inclusive show. Well, that's why I really wanted to emphasize that Kid Kyle is is coming back. 
because he, like you, is someone who, for a much younger generation, you know, loves this music. He's going to keep the music alive. He, he, he has been keeping the music alive for, for his own peer group now for years. And, you know, of course, the older people love it because we, it makes us all feel like this music is going to go on forever. I do think I remember seeing him at one of your earlier shows when he was much younger, and the whole audience was impressed and amazed that this little kid, you know, he knows the songs and he's singing them so well. Oh, he's terrific. He's got this this down to a T, and he's always been a favorite. You've also got Lala Brooks, original lead singer of The Crystals. We're talking to Do Run Run, all those songs. Right, so she she is the voice of Do Run Run, and, and then he kissed me, and... If you haven't seen her lately, you know, she's she's worked her way into being kind of a regular on this show because she is so dynamic. Um, and she's going to do a, a version of Crab Mary, you know, like the Tina Turner version of Crab Mary. Really? Is she? Hardly anybody can do, but she can do it. I can't wait so, to see that. Yeah, she'll just knock your socks off. I mean, she's just one, you know, again, an amazing performer. It's at the point where I'm pretty much putting her on there. Every year I try to create a mix of people we haven't had and people that are the best of that we have had that people will just come back to see. And Lala is in that category. She really is sweet, too, because sometimes after these shows, you and some of the other performers will actually go out and meet with fans. And, you know, you'll be out there shaking everybody's hand, however long that line is. And Lala is always one of those persons, very personable. Yeah, she's a, a candidate for the world's nicest person. You know, that matters especially on a big show with a lot of groups on it. It matters that people are, are kind and easy to deal with and, you know, care about the audience. When you guys go out and you meet the fans, what do you guys hear from them? What do you guys find out about the crowd that's going to the shows? The most salient thing, the first thing that jumps to mind, is what you've brought up already, which is that it's not just older people. It's like a whole melange of you know age groups and it's been that way pretty much the whole time and you you know it's hard to tell from when you're on stage you know you can't really see into the audience that well the lights are in your eyes but when we go to that line you know after the show i'm just always amazed at how many different age groups of people are showing up now to some extent i'm used to that because as mainly the product of the shot or not television show of the late 70s through the mid-80s, you know, that was pretty heavily watched by little kids, uh, among other things. And they, you know, they've grown up somewhat, but, you know, they're not, they're not, you know, in their 70s. So I'm used to a kind of a mix of age groups, but at Bohegan Sun, it's really remarkable what a mix of age groups it actually is. You had a lot of TV exposure over the years. I mean, I remember even seeing you on reruns of the match game on, you know, the game show network. You know, it's always fun to see you in that setting as well. You had a lot of TV exposure in the day. I did. And I think the the match game Hollywood Squares Hour is running on, like, something called Buzzer TV right now. I think so. You're right. That one we only did for a year. It was an interesting and enjoyable year. Um, the earlier ones, you know, are mostly on the Game Show Network, you know, and my password sessions against Betty White have become sort of more important to me. You know, she was another candidate for, for the world's nicest person. 
But boy, was she good at password. She was on a number of those game shows. You were on Match Game with her, too, and Gene Rayburn and all those folks. She, she was less on Match Game. God, I always sat in that upper seat next to uh, Brett Summers. And then Charles Nelson Riley was next to her. And then the bottom row usually had a guest like me. And then, you know, variously Richard Dawson yes. you know, would be in that middle seat. And Fanny Flagg was in the sixth seat. I mean, it was quite a cast of characters. You don't know who the contestants are, but you know who some of the stars are. You know, what was it like behind the scenes there? That that show was really a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's sort of hard to describe what was going on behind the scenes. But there were a lot of dynamics, especially among the regulars on that show. You know, not to tell too many tales out of school. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett Summers, who I sat next to, we did three shows and then we took lunch and then we did two more shows. And Brett had a had a glass of water that really wasn't water and would often come back after the <laughs> the, the the lunch break and go like oh, what do you got there honey and you just tried to look at my paper charles charles in the meantime was like coveting his paper and hiding it because he didn't like her looking at his answer after she came back from the lunch break <laughs> and they were there every week and there were just a lot of funny stories like that went on the basically the entire time it seemed genuine too it didn't seem scripted you watch shows today and sometimes they come across as scripted but that seemed in the moment what you saw on tv looks like what was going on on stage in the moment i'm tempted to tell you a terrible secret oh no no it's actually exactly what you said but match game hollywood squares hour was the one time that hollywood squares tried to be done like a Mark Goodson game show because he found himself as the producer of the entire hour. And Goodson really prided himself on that nothing was pre-prepared. The banter and the interaction between the contestants was genuine and completely unscripted. Whereas I fear to say that the old Hollywood Squares, you know, they didn't give the contestants the answers, but a lot of the jokes were scripted, you know, and the, and the, panelists would often, you know, give an answer that was scripted in answer to the joke. So we tried to do that show for a year without it being scripted, and it was very difficult to do because in essence you're saying you got a two-line joke, you say, here's the setup, what's the punchline? And no comedian in, in the world can actually come up with that punchline that fast. So we did the really oddest version of that show. Uh, and like you say, Match Game, Password, and you know, Match Game was obviously built on camaraderie and, and kind of banter, as was Goodson's first show, What's My Line, you know, for the real old-timers. That's what it was all about. It was about wit and being quick and not having prepared material at all. That's some real insight into something uh, that very few people actually know about. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Yes, Chris Montez will be there, and I can't wait to hear him do Call Me. Of course, he'll have Let's Dance and The More I See You, probably songs maybe you'd recognize more from Chris Montez, but Call Me has always been a favorite of mine. I'm Morgan Cunningham. Spotlight Connecticut is on. We're talking with Bowser. Of course, if there's any part of this conversation you want to hear again, maybe you want to share it with somebody else, you can always find it on our website, WTIC.com. We are on the Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y is where you can find us. 
So make sure you visit us on the web and show us some love because all of these programs are podcasted. I'll also mention this. If you have an idea for Spotlight Connecticut, basically the premise of the program is I'll interview you or talk about something going on in Connecticut um, as long as it is a Connecticut-oriented something. Okay, if it's happening in Connecticut, you don't necessarily have to be from Connecticut yourself, but it has to have something to do with the state of Connecticut, and I will happily bring you on the program and we can talk about whatever it is that might be all you've got to do is email me your show idea, morgan.cunningham at odyssey.com, M-O-R-G-A-N dot C-U-N-N-I-N-G-H-A-M at odyssey.com. Love to hear from you. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. This is WTIC in Hartford. Hi, it's Nadine in Clinton. I'm listening to Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Continuing the conversation with Bowser about his rock and doo-wop party at Mohegan Sun, Next Sunday afternoon at 3 in the Big Arena, we were chatting with Bowser about some of his experiences on TV. Of course, we've got to talk a little bit about Shanana. You know, I, I had wonderful experiences over my whole career with especially some of those great old-timers. You know, the first year of Shanana, the television show, the bookings were a little bit different. In the second, third, and fourth years that we did, uh, the bookings were more consistent actually with the subject matter you know with the music of the 50s and the 60s so we had people like chubby and bobby rydell and and leslie gore you know as guests the first year we had different producers and we had more old timers so i got to sing um anything you can do i can do better with ethel merman for instance which is still a high point of my career that's quite different though from what people would think shanana is Right. It, in a way, it, it was the show was different. The show was different, and it was in some ways less cohesive than it became in the second, third, and fourth years. But, wow, was it amazing to have people come in like, you know, Steve Allen and Milton Berle and really legendary, legendary figures, you know, with very, very long careers. Um you know, and to meet them and, and work with them was something that I actually really still treasure. Music has been part of your life since you were a little kid. You went to Juilliard, and I always love when you get on stage and you tell the story about being a young kid learning piano, and then you go over to the grand piano that's there on stage. You'll do, I don't know, a minute or two of classical music, and you just, you wow me, you wow the audience when you do that. Take everybody by surprise. Well, it is a staple of this show. Um, I'll tell you the story. Uh, you can come hear it again and listen to the actual music, you know, on, on January 15th. But uh, I started pl- playing piano when I was seven. I was in New York City growing up. And uh, naturally, my mother, as you can well imagine, wanted to one day hear me play at Carnegie Hall. I didn't quite make it there as a pianist, but... In 1973, Carnegie Hall, in some financial trouble, turned to rock and roll concerts. And who should be invited to perform at the fabled, the legendary Carnegie Hall but my old group, Sha-na-na. So there we are, on stage at Carnegie Hall. And in the audience, the only person standing in the entire audience at this point of Carnegie Hall was my mother. No difference to her whatsoever. I could just as well have been playing Chopin. 
she's standing up, she's waving. She goes, Jonathan, you made it to Carnegie Hall. <laughs> then when the show was over, she went out to the merchandising table and started signing autographs, Bowser's mother. Oh, so, I, I love that. Complete, it's a completely true story. I have lots of witnesses. <laughs> so everybody seems to remember this from the Carnegie Hall show. I'm telling you, it's just something to remember about your parents that it made no difference to her that I wasn't playing Chopin. I was singing Ramalama Big Bob. Carnegie Hall was Carnegie Hall. Just had to get there. That is so sweet. That is so sweet. And, you know, it makes me wonder. You hear sometimes parents, they want their kids to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatnot. And sometimes music can be a shaky career to go into, right? Obviously, you've had plenty of success. Was there ever that that worry that, you know, mom and dad said, oh, you know, you shouldn't go into music or something like that? Or did they support you all the way? They were pretty good. My father used to used to joke around about it, you know, because Sean and I started at Columbia University and um, occasionally said about the Bowser character, did I send you to Columbia so you could become a moron? And I explained to him, Bowser's not a moron. He's just street, he's street smart. You've got this wrong. So he was with the program. Um, you know, I think they had the usual, they had the normal fears that, parents have okay you know they had the normal years they had the normal fears that parents have which is that if it doesn't work out what are you going to do do you are you prepared to do anything bowser i want to mention you're going to be playing with the stingrays and johnny contardo you know what are some of the songs that you're going to be doing are we going to hear i don't know get a job what are some of the ones you're going to be playing no and it's going to be i just had some surgery so it may be a little shred limited um but usually, usually in this show, I end up doing uh, uh, Born to Hand Jive from the Grease movie. Ah. Uh, that's a staple. That's, that's every year. Um, I can't jump around quite as much this time, but it doesn't matter. It's the Hand Jive. And then we'll probably do Shout. Contardo and I will do, he'll sing Runaway and I'll play the organ solo. <laughs> it's like we always used to do in Shanana. The Del Shannon song? Yeah, yeah, the, the Del Shannon song. And in Sean and I, we always, we, we always shared that song. You know, I just did the organ solo. He's a great singer still. And then he'll do Those Magic Changes from uh, the Grease movie, which, you know, which is a song that's been sung by like 50,000 people, but no one ever sang it better than he did in the movie. And then we'll, we'll share Lovers Never Say Goodbye by the Flamingos. We usually close with that. And then, of course, for aficionados of the old Shannon television show, nothing was more popular than Goodnight Sweetheart at the end of the show. And we'll be doing that live like we always do. I love that. I want to go back to something that we touched on much earlier in the program on Spotlight Connecticut chatting with Bowser. He'll be at Mohegan Sun next Sunday at 3 for the Rock and Doo-Wop Party Volume 21. That would be Sunday, January 15th. Bowser, you talked about, you know, over the years... Musicians retire, they pass away, maybe they become too ill to perform. Who are some of the folks that you miss from over the years, really? I, I know that Jay Black, I was there when he gave that very heroic performance. Yeah. He wasn't doing so well. Um, right. He went out and he sang this magic moment and Caramia. And I remember that yep. show so very well. Yeah, that was a show that was a completely memorable show. Um, and in a lot of ways, he probably shouldn't have done it. It was the last show he ever did, but it was unforgettable and 
with you forever. It was emotional. Um, it was the last show he ever did. Similar, but in a lot of ways dissimilar version of the same story happened in, I think it was 2010, when arguably the greatest singer in the doo-wop style of all time, Johnny Maestro, also performed his last show ever at Mohican Sun. And he completely sought this out. He didn't tell anybody, but he knew he had a terminal illness. He didn't look well, but he sang like an angel. And something that's forever etched in my memory, after after the worst that could happen, which was the Brooklyn Bridge song that usually ended their set, I came out to get him a hand, and he looked at me in a way that I knew he meant I need to do another song. He never didn't say anything. It was just a look, but I got it. And I said to the audience, do you want to hear another one? You know, the show was running late. It was like 640 or something Yeah. by that time. But of course, they, of course, they wanted to hear another one. And he sang their version of You'll Never Walk Alone, which is, you know, one of the most inspirational songs ever written anyway. And it was the last song that Johnny Maestro ever sang. And it was completely on purpose. He planned it that way. I mean, he went out exactly the way he wanted to go out. And of all the, of all the things that have happened over the 21 years of Bowser's Ultimate Do-Up Party or Bowser's Rock and Do-Up Party at Mohegan Sun, that's probably the, the, one, the moment that stands out for me the, the most. Johnny Maestro, Jay Black, you know, there have been plenty of uh, great performers who have trod this stage at Mohegan, and that's why we all just keep trying to show up for as long as we can. I'm going to have two people on this show who are around 90, Cleveland Still from the Dubs, and Harold Winley from the Clovers. And let me tell you, they're really looking forward to it, and they can still do it. Didn't you also have, I think, the original drummer for Bill Haley and the Comets? Was that one of your shows, too? Oh, that was, they were there a bunch of times. Um, the original Comets, yeah, I'm glad you reminded me. You know, they were there a bunch of times. We, we used to do a show in the summer that was more of a rock and roll show. So I first introduced them in that show, and they had just gotten back together again. The five original Comets who played on Rock Around the Clock. And so for a couple of years, we, I had them there every year, but then we stopped doing the summer show. Then when I started out in Rock and Doo-Wop, you know, it opened it back up to both Rock and Roll and Doo-Wop, had them back again, and, and they both passed on now within the last couple of years. But Dick Richards, Dick Richards, who was the drummer, you know, who played on Rock Around the Clock, um, he, he was like 94, and he was doing this five-minute drum solo in the, in the middle of this instrumental that they did. Um, and he was still good. Like, he would get, like, you know, seven standing ovations, in the middle of the drum solo, because it wasn't just some 94-year-old person, you know, that you're happy that he's breathing. This guy could still play. And and Joe D'Ambrosio, similarly, he was a little bit younger than Dick, but he was the sax player, you know, then known as Joey Ambrose in the days when people changed their names for, like, no reason. Um, 
but Joe D'Ambrosio could still wail on the tenor sax. And uh, yeah, they're they're another they're they're another unforgettable. There's been so many performers all through the years. Um, you know, have come to Mohegan. We've had pretty much everybody of the genre. I'm I'm still surprised when I can find somebody that hasn't been there yet, like Chris Montez or the Clovers. Um, and then I kick myself and say, Yeah, why 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 haven't I had them there yet? I've got to share a memory with you, Bowser, if I may. And it's only because I went to one of your rock and doo-wop shows. It was definitely 2015, maybe a little bit earlier. And after one of the shows, I met Jill Jackson Landon and Ray Hildebrand, also known as Paul and Paula. The sweetest oh, wow. two. And, and I love the song, Hey Paula, I always have. And they yeah. were so personable, signed autographs for me. And I even got to get in touch with Ray over email, right? Yeah. So the year is 2015. And in about July of that year, I discovered and learned that my grandma, who had been ill for a while to that point, but she was about to pass away from terminal Parkinson's and dementia. So a little later than that, um, September, which was her birthday, I dedicated a radio program to her. And we took calls from people who wished her well and all of that. And one of the callers was Ray Hildebrand. I asked him to call in. Instead of singing, Hey, Hey, Paula, he sang, Hey, Hey, Dolly, which was my grandma's name. And if I hadn't met him at Bowser's show, that wouldn't have been possible. And I indirectly thank you for that. He is a, he's a great guy. He's just a lovely person. Jill stopped singing. The only reason, you know, they, they are actually Tom Cantone, who books entertainment at Mohegan. That is his favorite song, is Hey, Paula. Is it? So, you know, I would have them there again in a heartbeat, but Jill stopped singing. So, what a bummer! We haven't been able to talk talk her out of it yet. I'm looking back at the very first show that we did. You know, in this was in 2002. Bowser's Ultimate Do Up Party, Johnny Meister of the Brooklyn Bridge, Herb Reed and the Platters, who we've talked about, of whom uh, Frank Frank Bizarro carries on the tradition. The coasters featuring Carl Gardner. Unfortunately, he's passed away. Jay Siegel's tokens are on there. The crystals are on there. So we have Lala, Danny and the Juniors, Larry Chance and the Earls, the Angels. The Dubs are on there featuring Cleveland Phil. There, there are a few people who are on the very first show that we ever did there um, who are going to be on this show. Bowser, that it has been. Itself is for, that includes me, I guess. Yeah, you're on that list. Yeah, I'm on the list, too. Could you just kind of give us a final thought, maybe go through the lineup again for people listening and saying, I want to go to that next Sunday? Yeah, it's certainly been a pleasure to talk to you, Morgan, because, uh, you know, it's always such a pleasure to talk to somebody who's been to the show, understands what we're doing to keep this wonderful music of the 50s and the 60s alive uh, for future generations. So uh, this here is Bowser inviting you to join me. Next Sunday, volume 21 of Bowser's Rock and Doo-Wop Party, Mohegan Sun, 3 p.m., and you'll see some of the greatest acts in history, including Chubby Checker and the Wildcats, Jay Siegel's Tokens, Chris Montez for the very first time at Mohegan, Lala Brooks, original lead singer of the Crystals, the Clovers for their first time at Mohegan, the Dubs, who were there at the very first show 21 years ago, Kid Kyle, keeping the music alive, with Morgan's generation, 
Uh, my pal Johnny Guitardo, formerly of Shadonami, and my group, Bowser and the Stingrays, Rocky and the Rollers, our fantastic backup band, and our special guest, 9-11 firefighter Frank Pizarro, singing the music of the platters, the guy who uh, no less an authority than Herb Reed, who actually started the group way back when, said was the sang the songs the best of anybody since Tony Williams, who recorded them all. So uh, my suggestion is show up. Sunday, January 15th, 3 p.m., be there or be square, and Greece for Peace. Greece for Peace, Bowser, hosted by you, the one and only Bowser. Thanks for coming on Spotlight Connecticut, and are you going to be meeting with folks after the show? I'm going to try to do that. Yes, I'm planning on it. All right, cool, and if that is what happens, I will be seeing you for sure. I'm planning on it. Okay. Talk soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Spotlight Connecticut with Morgan Cunningham. Embracing what's fun with Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080.